0: This is Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities, taking a look at the wheat markets for Tuesday, February 21st. Well, the wheat markets last week spent most of the week just giving up the gains that had gotten the previous Friday, for the most part. It was a one-day big surge up on the escalation of the war in Ukraine, but there was just absolutely no follow-through on on the markets uh, the following week which was of course last week so the markets giving up those gains basically just getting back to where we were two weeks ago and it looks like you know markets are kinda stuck corn and soybeans also in more of a pattern the corn market in a very well-defined trading range that's basically just 20 cents and we've been there for about five or six weeks in soybeans Somewhat of a trading range. The top side seems to be fairly limited, but the the breaks continue to be well supported. So the trend is still up in soybeans, but the upside seems to have more difficulty uh, uh, breaking into new highs. So it's more of a converging type of price action to the upside in soybeans. And a lot of that is led by soy meal based on the drought in South America primarily over Argentina but stretching into southern Brazil as well. The northern part of Argentina and southern Brazil have fared better over the last couple of weeks as far as rainfall but the key part of Argentina, you know Buenos Aires and just north of that into the west has, has been pretty dry over the last couple of weeks. It's had some spotty rains but barely enough to really ward off, uh, you know, the, the ongoing drought. The next two weeks suggest it's going to remain dry. So this takes us well into the growing season and we just have not been able to get the rains to be widespread and soaking across much of Argentina. So You know, here a week ago, we were talking about yields stabilizing and maybe even improving in Argentina. I think as we head into this week and we see the two-week forecast, we're going to start to see a little bit more uh, yield shaped off of estimates. That said, you have much better growing conditions in the northern part of Argentina and southern Brazil. So I think you're going to see an increase in production prospects as a whole in Brazil and that is more than offsetting the losses that we're seeing in Argentina. The um, the, the soybean harvest in Brazil has had some delays because of rain and uh, you know that it has not hurt the soybean crop from a quality perspective it's just slowing down harvest but obviously it's going to set the stage for very good planting additions for corn which is happening right behind the soybean harvest. So we're looking at record production easily of soybeans in Brazil and we're looking at a huge uh, bump in corn acres because of great conditions. And likely, at least for the early part of the growing season, the corn crop should get off to a very good start. So they're already talking about record corn production as well, coming out of Brazil. But that's a little bit longer season crop, and uh, it's not a slam dunk at this point, but it's certainly going to get off to a very good start, uh, pretty much across the whole country of Brazil. So South America coming in with boomer crops, most of that because of Brazil. Paraguay, Uruguay are also seeing a bump up in production. Argentina is going to be the drag on South American production. But by and large, you're still going to end up with bigger uh, soybean crops and uh, corn crops coming out of South America this year. Here in the United States, weather is, of course, important. Uh, it's going to become much more important here in the southern plains in a couple weeks when you really start to get the growing season started for winter wheat and boy we are just not seeing any relief in the forecast even. So that dry pocket of the western half of the southern and central plains and it starts in about that southwest quarter of Kansas just has not been able to get to, to catch a, a break. If it had some snow, if had some cold, uh, they've had enough snow cover that they're not too concerned about the, the condition of the winter wheat crop, although it went into dormancy and poor condition and certainly hasn't had a lot of relief since then. So, you know, the, a couple of weeks ago, there were rains in the forecast, and boy, those just did not materialize. They, they basically started right in about the center of the plains and then moved east and north. So, you know, the Delta region is wet. Uh, Pretty much all the dry pockets of the Midwest have had enough moisture to virtually eliminate the drought status. Whether the drought monitor shows that or not, it's going to end up that way, at least as we get into the planting season. Even the Northern Plains has had a fair amount of moisture. Uh, the The far Northern Plains, not quite as much as, say, the Southern Belt of Montana through Southern North Dakota, much of South Dakota, much of Nebraska, even northern Kansas. It's a pretty wide swath that's had uh, decent moisture. That's obviously going to help the winter wheat crops and spring wheat get things going. It's also going to help your pasture conditions so it's and there's more coming there's more snow coming but boy there's another cold a frigid cold snap coming as well across the northern plains and the northern Midwest but again snow is going to precede that so we don't see any threats to the winter wheat crop across the northern half of the country so it's um, it's really a matter of of the south and it doesn't look like there's much relief coming from a seasonal standpoint as you get into mid-march normally the jet streams shift north, and you, it allows more uh, monsoonal rains to come into the southwest and the southern plains and up into the central plains. The odds of that happening are pretty good. La Nina is, uh, for the most part, fading away, and there are increasing signs that El Nino is is building. So that would suggest a much better rainfall pattern through the, the southwest and into the, the, the Central Plains and into the Midwest. So that we're not quite there yet. We're still about a month away before we see the results of or where we can expect to see that really kick in. And that would be in time for the winter wheat crop across much of the southern and central plains. But it, you know in the far south it's going to be pretty soon. I mean you're greening up and you're going to need a drink. Um, you know central texas north central northeast central texas or to the northeast is is fine they've had a fair amount of rain so it's not a complete bust in the southern plains it's just that western corridor the panhandle straight south and up into kansas that has been perennially dry all ever since last summer and they really have have had almost zero precip the dust storms have have been the result of that you know that you know blowing dust is hard enough to handle but the wheat crop you know it cuts off those so what little leaves are there so it's um, it's been a very difficult situation here. and I think that's why Kansas City futures have rallied against Chicago they're out to forty on the front months um, until it rains in the plains Kansas City I think will continue to gain against Chicago Chicago looks like it wants to go down. Seasonally, this is a time of year where there's a strong tendency for the markets to go down. Uh and it has sort of but uh, it, it's really been difficult to, you know, uh move away from each other. The, you know, the wheat markets tend to move in somewhat in synchrony, synchronous, but uh the Kansas City actually has had days where it's been higher and Chicago has been lower. And I think that will continue. Once those rains come, then you would look at selling that spread and maybe even bumping out to the 2024 crop for selling that spread. Uh, just something to keep in mind. I think there's opportunities developing within the Kansas City versus Chicago spread. For Minneapolis, again, very good moisture uh, accumulation across the northern plains certainly sets the stage for at least a good start to the spring wheat crop. So I think Minneapolis has kind of been caught in the middle. It really did very little for the week. We had uh, For the week, Minneapolis was unchanged. and For the last three weeks, it's basically been unchanged in a narrow, narrow trading range. Kansas City was down two cents for the week, Chicago down 20, corn down three, soybeans down 15. So I think um, as we move forward, you know, we're kind of getting into the tail end of the window when the wheat market has that strong tendency to go down. Um, the rains don't look like they're coming yet. So I, I think we're probably going to wrap this up, this seasonal tendency with, you um, Chicago not really putting in new lows and I think at worst you'll probably come down and test the recent lows that uh, were put in in mid-January. One other thing to note here this morning we're getting news that Vladimir Putin is uh, moving away from the, the START treaty the nuclear arms control agreement that they had been in. Apparently they're abandoning that so, you know, he's probably trying to lob some scare tactic that he's going to be uh, ramping up the nuclear weapons. That's a, you know, for all the foolish things he's done in the last year, that would really uh, be the the worst. So I, you know, can't dismiss it, can't ignore it. But it would be, I think he likes himself too much to blow himself up. And that's exactly what would happen. He loves his country too much. That's why he's at war with Ukraine. Uh, And certainly his country would collapse if he were to use a nuclear weapon. So that's, that's the consequence that he has to know, that pretty much everybody knows. So this is, I think, a lot of saber rattling. And really, the market doesn't seem to be too worried about it. We're headed into the break. We're down two in Chicago. Kansas City's up one. So we'll see. We'll see what kind of reaction we get. Again, it's certainly something the market's going to pay attention to, but it's hard to envision he would be that stupid, basically. So if you have any questions, give me a call at 1-800-888-9843, or you can call me directly at 513-815-1701. This has been Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities.